0: you today maybe you don't know why you are here maybe showing up to church today was your last ditch effort because you are out of options i want you to know you've come to the right place we're worshiping the right god and he's got the power and it's all in his name so as you lift up his name today that's when his power is released into your situation what was it that you gave up on what is it that you've stopped praying about Bring that up to Him today as we sing these words, because there's power in His name. Would you just lift your hands and begin to worship Him? Just call on His name. If you don't know what else to say, just say Jesus. There's power in it.
1: presence the presence of the most high god the one whose name is above every name as your eyes are closed and you're considering the power of his glory i just want to remind you that isaiah said in chapter 43 that god is the one who made a pathway through the sea he summoned chariots and horses and then he extinguished them and then he went on to say however I'm about to do a new thing quit going over old history he says because I'm about to do even greater now when he talked about the pathway through the sea that was the deliverance of Israel from bondage and slavery out of Egypt the chariots and the horses that was Pharaoh and his men he was consuming their enemy where they could not threaten them anymore it was one of the most incredible miracles And yet God was saying, I'm going to do even greater. Because Jesus has no rival, because he has defeated death, there is no limit to what God can do. I pray over you and your life, over your marriage, over your family, over your career, that there would just be an involvement of God's power that would move to the level of confronting the impossible. I want us to sing that part again, you have no rival. And if you need that kind of work in your life, sing it with all of your heart as a prayer. Lift your hands in surrender and desperation to God. And let's invite the power of God to do what only He can do. Are you ready? Come on, with all of your heart, let's do it.
2: Do you have no rival?
1: With all of your heart. You have no That's it, declare it. for helping us to start this new year knowing you are with us and you will lead us and guide us. You will minister to our soul. We respond with hunger, with a longing for you. We ask, Lord, that it would be the attitude of this church that the psalmist had, even as the deer panted after the water. So our souls long for you, O God. Early will we seek you. We will seek that spiritual living water. We will seek the living God that we might honor you with our life. Thank you, Lord, for this is a prayer that you will always answer when your people just seek more of you. Thank you, Lord, for this great experience of your presence. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Isn't it great to be in the presence of God, to be together and just to give passionate praise to the one who is worthy to receive. I'm so glad you're here. I pray that it just becomes a priority in your life to not miss a Sunday to worship Jesus because this is life changing. So turn to each other, yeah, go ahead. Praise him for that, it's life changing. It's very important that we connect with each other. So turn to people and at least, you know, smile and meet them and greet them today and welcome them to church.
3: Good morning, everyone. It is so great to have everyone back in this new year. It's amazing. I was off last week, and it's amazing to hear all of our voices together, to be back home as a church family. And we are excited to start out this new year. I can just feel the momentum, the energy, and excitement that's in the room this morning, even as we're worshiping God together. If you are new to the church, we are so glad that you're here. In these next few moments, we just ask that you provide us a little information so we can give you some great information about our church. We've got a Connect card in the seat back in front of you. You over these next few moments as I go through some of the worship guide, we'd love the opportunity for you to fill that out and give that and the offering as the offering bucket passes your way uh, this morning. If you've been coming for a while, though, we'd like you to take the next step. Maybe you're wondering, how do I get more involved in the church here at the assembly? We've got a class just for you. It's called Growth Track. It just started back this morning, and you have an opportunity to jump in next week at 9 o'clock. We've got a class just for you. It's going to lead you through four very simple steps that will help you move forward into the core of this church and allow you to fully experience what God has for you with your family here in this church body. We've got a couple of announcements I want to make you aware of. One is that the Ladies Bible Study is starting again this Tuesday, led by our very own Linda Huber. I know you're going to enjoy uh, coming together Tuesday morning. Make sure you make that a priority in this new year. And then one other announcement I want you to make aware of is just one month away from Night to Shine. You guys know about Night to Shine? It is our special needs prom. We're we're putting on uh, uh, twice the number of people involved this year. 600 students are going to be ministered to through this outreach. And we need you to sign up. There's a lot of great opportunities in these last 30 days as we build up to this event. You can go to the assembly.org sign and you can get information about how you can be a part from the dress fittings that they do all the way through that night and all the way into the special needs program. We'll be starting that next week. You have a great opportunity to serve in a dream team there. I want to invite the ushers forward as we start the new year in giving. Let's worship God together. Let's praise God as the ushers come forward to receive the first offering. Lord, I just thank you today for the opportunity that you've given us to give a portion of what you've given us back to you. And I thank you that you multiply it for kingdom effectiveness this morning. I pray that this will be good seed and good soil, and it will be maximized for your kingdom effectiveness in Jesus name. Amen. As you give this morning, after the offering buckets have passed, you're going to have an opportunity to get an information card. Just hold that. Pastor Ron will be back with you to share more about what that's all about.
1: thankful for this great worship team. I know I say it every week. I mean it from my heart. We are so blessed to be able to have a worship experience like this. Show your appreciation to the team. Great job, Garrison. Way to go, man. You have received this card. Uh, Take a look at the side that says, Get Connected. I have three challenges for you as we start this year. One is that the leading of this series is to just address us at the core of who we are, our soul, and there is a a unique thing that's happened in culture, and that is a lot of people, not some people, but a lot of people go to church once a month, and it's like you go to the same church, and that's your church, and I get that, but it's once a month, and I just want to tell you that I feel in my heart as your pastor to start a very clear and strong challenge it's a, this is going to be a pastoral series because really that's occasional church attendance and that has become the norm and we need to confront that and occasional needs to be replaced with regular and occasional needs to be replaced with all the time and i pray that the work of the holy spirit in this this service even today would just raise a hunger and a motivation to say you know what We're going to go faithfully, not just occasionally. And we're going to sink our hearts into this. So step one is that we're going to go to church faithfully. Can I get a yes on that? Let's do that together. Then number two, I want you to go beyond just what happens in this room. Because we know that the way the Lord works in spiritual growth, it's going to be through a relationship with Him. But then it's going to also continue in the context of community So that's why we say, ladies, go to this Bible study led by Linda Huber because it's the word to the soul in the context of community. Then you're invited to one of our many classes. There are many classes that happen for you starting at nine o'clock so that when it's over you can come in here and it's the larger gathering. So the teachers that lead these, they're some of the best, they're so faithful, And they're coming on the platform now. Would you make them welcome today? As you are given a brief intro to these classes, you you will hear, hey, that one I would like to attend. I want to go try that out. We want you to try one because you're going to find that there's one that fits you and You're going to love it, and it's a vital process because each one of these teachers, they're joining in teaching on the soul. So we're going to combine the efforts, and I'm just expecting great things as the Word finds its way into our heart. So Pastor Steve, who, by the way, incredible sermon last Sunday. Don't you appreciate, Steve? Great job, great job. Let me have all of you. Y'all just come at me a little bit. And Pastor Steve's gonna introduce you and talk about your class, Pastor Steve. Absolutely,
4: thank you very much, Pastor Ron. It's great to see you all again. Um, I wanna introduce each of our classes that we have up here. So first and foremost, uh, we have uh, Gary and Gail Martin. They teach our Young Professionals class that meets every week, and they're gonna be doing a study on Soul Keeping by John Ortberg, and it's gonna be a great job. The next we've got our newest class, uh, United, uh, and it's for young married couples or engaged couples. And so if you're in that category, a great class. It's led by uh, Scott and Judy Phipps and myself and my wife and then uh, Scott and Nicole Frederick, and they're going to be doing a study on soul detox. Next, we've got Thrive. If you are a, a married couple or a single couple and you've got uh, uh, kids in preschool or uh, You know littler than that thrive is a great place to connect it's led by uh, Larry and Joan Licklider Cody and Andrea Miller and Will and Crystal Lee and they're also going to be doing soul detox next we've got uh, journeys which is led by Devin and Tanya Rohr and Brett Monette Hutton Uh, it's a great group for people in their 30s and 40s that have elementary aged kids And they're going to be doing a study on soul detox as well. And last, but certainly not least, we've got Greg and Susan Newbern, uh, and they teach Mad About You. And they are also going to be doing soul detox. If you are, uh, you know, parents with teens or an empty nester, this would be a fantastic opportunity for you to get plugged into their class. Well, Pastor Ron, I'll pass it back to you.
1: Let's show our appreciation to these teachers. If you just stay here for a minute. Yeah, go ahead and stand and show them your love. They are such a gift to us. Come and put your hands together for those who do the faithful teaching and discipling. From the sounds of it, we are going to be... Hold up, guys. Hold up. Just a second. Hold up, Pastor Steve. You guys be seated. I, I want us to pray together because... I feel something so strong about this. As I listen, we're gonna be the most detox congregation in the city. This is gonna be very significant. It's very powerful, and at the same time, very practical. Start a fresh commitment. There's space in each one of these classes for more people. And I promise you that if you'll make this commitment, your relationship with the Lord and in the context of the community that you'll share in these groups will take you to a new level. It's just not enough to hear sermons and to just share this experience. I'm thankful for this. But a church has to be so much more than just what happens in the auditorium. For us to really be a church, it takes going to the next level with ministries like this So I'm putting it in front of you today. And as your pastor, I want to ask you, starting next week at 9 o'clock, be at one of these. I would love to hear that they're getting extra chairs, that, that these rooms are filling up. We will experience as a church incredible things from the Lord if we take our personal commitment to a new place. So I want to join these teachers and you. And let's pray and just make a fresh dedication to what God is going to do as we all commit together. So, Lord, we humble ourselves before you, grateful for your love for us and for being the shepherd of our souls. And we're going to take this time to get in the most healthy place we've ever been, to work together and grow. And we just give you praise. I thank you for these faithful disciple makers. I thank you for these leaders who help our church connect. And I pray that next Sunday we would see an increase in attendance that would be a sign of the hunger of our souls. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Amen. Now clap for them one more time as they're dismissed. The series is called Inside Out. Because I believe all that matters starts from within. So, like the big question is how is your soul? Let me be very authentic with you and tell you that I've I've been in seasons where things on the outside were increasing and getting better, but my soul was getting weaker. And that's an unhealthy place to be. Inside out. I've been at times where I felt the prosperity of my soul, like the activity of God. It was fresh and strong. And then there were times my soul was rather weak and you know, like a desert place. It's like there was spiritual drought on the inside. And what happens around you is not the determining factor as much as it seems it is. The determining factor for you and for me is What's happening on the inside? And if we find the fresh work of the Holy Spirit in our souls, we're going to have a year that I believe God desires for us. Your soul is the seat of your emotions, imagination, feelings, expectations, your dream, your convictions. So this is the most significant focus. Let me give you a statement today about your soul. The soul is inside of me. Now you can't see it, but it lasts forever. So it is so significant because it represents the I that knows itself to be me, the the authentic self, who I really am, way beyond flesh and bone. It's the core. And then it lasts forever. Then there is a high value on the soul. When you take God's word, you see the value. And therefore, it sets the priority we need to place on our focus to make sure that our soul is saved, cared for, healthy, full of great expectation. There's no great achievement that will ever happen apart from it first being a thought in the soul. In Genesis chapter two, let me show you what God's word says. Verse seven, then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground. So creation kind of had two parts, if you will. From the dust of the ground, he formed man. Now watch the second part. He breathed the breath of life into man's nostrils, and man became a living person. Now, in this is more than just man's physical heart started beating. In this is, this is where man takes on something that separates him from animals and angels. This is where man can say that we are made in the image of God, which is Genesis chapter 1. It has two parts. We're made from the dust of the earth. And Genesis 3 says, from the dust of the earth we'll return. There was this little boy he was playing hide and seek with his sister. He hides under his bed. The bed frame was so dusty, he could put his initials in the dust. His mom had recently done a devotion out of Genesis about how we are formed. We come from the dust of the earth to the dust of the earth we return. He goes to his mom, said, didn't you just tell us? That we come from the dust and we return to the dust. She said, Yes. He goes, Well, I just came from under my bed, and there's someone either coming or going. <laughs> so, from how many of you could say that's probably the way it looks under your bed? Yes. But there's this other part your body. Your body will give way to something at some point, but your soul, think about it, lasts forever so that places a value on the soul here's how samuel who is going to anoint a new king for israel assigns that value now jesse lined up his sons out of which samuel would pick and anoint a new king for israel they left david out of the lineup because apparently david's brothers they looked on the outside like they had what it would take to be the next leader. David wasn't included. After Jesse went through that lineup and said, no, there must be someone else, then they bring David in, and and this is what Samuel says. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. The word heart and soul are synonymous. Where is the primary focus of God? The soul. Where should our primary focus be? should be on the soul. Then Mark picks up on this in the New Testament. And here's what he says. Book of Mark, chapter 8, verse 36. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? So Mark is saying your soul is of more value than the whole world. And then the writer of Proverbs says in chapter Proverbs 4, Guard your heart or your soul above all else. Like, there's nothing more important. For it determines the course of your life. So the primary focus is the soul. Because the soul has the capacity to know God, relate to God, sin against God. And the soul can be eternally lost and separated From God. So the value, the focus is the soul. Out of the soul comes such determination that your course will be set in this year because of the activity that is happening in your soul. That's how powerful and profound this is. I said it earlier on that it seems that circumstances determine. I've been in a bad circumstance before, and it seemed to be influencing my attitude, or it was. It seemed to be shaping the atmosphere and the direction. When you study the scripture, our life is not determined by what's going on around us. Another version says, out of the heart comes the fountain of life. So the soul is like a fountain. And the health of that fountain determines life, determines attitude, perspective, vision, direction, morale, motivation. Not a circumstance on the outside determining motivation, joy, or hopelessness, but what's going on on the inside. See, it's the inside out. Samuel says it's all about the inside. That's the focus of God. God breathed into you a soul, and Mark says it's more valuable than the whole world. Join me. Let's open our heart and soul to the teaching of God's word about the soul. Does your soul need to be restored? Does it need to be healthier, stronger? Does your soul need to be saved? How's your soul? All that matters starts within. Your soul, think of it like a walled city where there are enemies without and traitors within. That's what John Bunyan said in his book, Holy War. He says that's what the soul is like. And those enemies have to be resisted and those traitors within have to be exposed Because there is this pull in the soul away from God, and it's perpetual, and it's alarming. So if we don't, here's a Bible word, watch over our soul, or guard our soul, or care for our soul, then our soul can drift into the dangerous influence of the enemies on the outside and the traitors on the inside. Garrison, the young man that was standing right here leading us in worship, gifted singer and worship leader and musician, was playing his electric guitar. It's a high-dollar guitar. And yet, every Sunday that he comes in, before worship, he tunes that guitar. I have watched midstream of a worship experience. He detects that... It needs to be tweaked and tuned to be just right. So no matter how expensive the instrument, there's just something within it that causes it to get out of tune. Buy the most expensive piano. Put it in your home. Just set it there. No one touches it. It sits there for weeks. And it was brought to you and finally tuned. No one even touches it. You sit down to play it after a few weeks and you will find that even the most expensive piano will have to be retuned. Your soul is like that expensive instrument. It is of highest value. However, if not cared for, there's just something within the soul that will get out of tune with God. Know what I'm talking about? I know what that's like. Where I have God thoughts, and in my life, I have a lot of God thoughts because I have to prepare for sermons. But I have found that even in sermon preparation, in pastoral ministry, it in no way guarantees that my soul stays in tune. There has to be personal care given, vigilance, guarding it, watching over it, being intentional so that my soul stays in tune with God. So this is another way of asking. How is your soul? Are you in tune with God? Is there a disconnect? Is there something that's just not right? There needs to be an adjustment. There needs to be a change. Join in. Don't miss a Sunday. Connect with a class and let the Holy Spirit go to work to bring you in to that finely tuned believer, follower of Jesus that will set the very course of your life. That's how significant, how serious it really is. Out of your heart flow the very issues of life. You leave it. You just hope it stays strong. It will drift all of its own. So why not make this strong commitment to be at our best? I want to take it yet to another level. Will you take this card that you have? Notice the other side. It says invest in your soul. Kelly and I want to invite you. We have 400 spaces. Why 400? Because That's all the available space on a Wednesday night. Starting the 18th, 7 o'clock, you are invited in the context of community, sitting at a round table with other people, to go through this spiritual experience with us called How's Your Soul? It is a book written by Judah Smith. Raise your hand if you've heard of Judah Smith. Those of you that haven't, let me just tell you, he's a pastor. His father was leading an amazing church and uh, got cancer, and over time just gave way to that. And when he went home to be with the Lord, the church asked his son Judah to take the church. Judah is probably one of the top three communicators in the world today. He's a young man, but there's just a rare insight into scripture that God has given him and the most incredible, unique way of communicating. And so the Wednesday night will be a connection time, 15 to 19 minute video by Judah. And then we're going to have a roundtable discussion and it is gonna be used to just address this question, how's your soul? Let me show you just a little bit from Judah about what was stirring inside of him in writing this latest book.
5: Hey, I'm Judah and I'm so excited to share this journey with you about the soul. It's so intimate, it's so personal. I think this is the most candid we've been in any project and that's challenging and difficult. Kinda where the whole title came from, I started just texting friends, how's your soul? What do you mean? Was like a lot of the response. I'm like, well, how are you on the inside? Are you okay? Not, you know, Do you have the flu? Or do you have money in the bank? Or do you have a lot of followers on Instagram? But how am I doing on the inside? The most important part of me, you know, the passion behind this project, I hope you can see, it's a big deal to me. It's the scariest book I've ever written and the most intimate and the most uh, personal. So I'm really hoping that it, it helps a lot of people soul is a church and it has high highs and low lows and challenges and difficulties, but um, I think it's the stuff of life and I think ultimately life is lived from who you really are on the inside.
1: So if you notice at the bottom of that card, here's the way you reserve one of those 400 spots. You just go to the assembly.org soul. I want you to do this. I want us to do this together. Now, do you see the combinational efforts of Sunday, classes, auditorium, and Wednesday coming together to just move us to a new place? The youth will be focused on this. Young adults, children, everybody is coming at this primary focus, the focus of the soul. Growing up in Pine Bluff, Arkansas, we were near the Arkansas River, and there were a few pretty significant floods that I remember growing up in that town, that, that brought a lot of damage to our town. However, what was interesting, it didn't rain a lot. It had rained somewhere else, so significantly that when that rain that happened somewhere else filled the river and reached us, it was overflowing the banks. And I'm so believing for the work of the Holy Spirit. The rain may fall in your class on Sunday, but then when we come in here together, we all experience the flood of God's presence. The rain may fall while we're in this Wednesday night experience, but then when we come in here on Sunday, we're experiencing the flood of God's presence. The rain may fall in this place, and we're in the flow of God's presence in our class on Sunday and in the Wednesday experience. I'm asking us if 400 of us will do this, If you will choose a class on Sunday and put your soul into it, we will go to a place spiritually we've never been. I want that. I'm hungry for that. I desire that. I know by the teaching of scripture that if your soul and mine is at its best healthy, then it is going to influence every relationship It is going to put us on a course that would be God's destiny. Hey, we are now in our 100th year as a church. Why not set it as its best? Why not say, as we experience this 100th anniversary, we have never been stronger. And that's not just something that's going to happen. That's going to happen by intentionality. You say, well, Ron, only God can really care for someone's soul. That would be like saying to the farmer that you have nothing to do in order to receive harvest. No, there's a lot the farmer doesn't do, but there are very intentional actions that the farmer takes in order to get the best harvest. Let's have a year of harvest. Well, what are you talking about? How about a year of harvest? Harvested joy, peace, meekness, gentleness, goodness, faith, self-control. Like the fruit of the Spirit, let's harvest it more than ever before. And the way we do that is take these steps so that we, we don't just go to church. We are the church. We're not just occasional. We are all in, specific, taking strategic steps. And we will be. At a zenith, spiritually, I have no idea what God might do if all of us express these actions out of a hunger for more of God, more of you, Lord. Finally, is your soul saved? The body will give way, the soul will last forever. Peter said this, chapter 2, verse twenty five of his first letter. Once you were like sheep who wandered away, but now you have turned to your shepherd, the guardian of your souls. So word turned is the key word. In culture, in you in this service, this generation, you see this. There's a lot of talk about a spiritual journey. You will hear it in different ways from different people but it doesn't necessarily mean a Christian journey. It gives significance of people and humanity knowing there's something going on because the soul is unfulfilled. And so we we get on a path and we live in a culture of pluralism where there are many ways to God. And people are just on a journey. But you cannot be deceived. Hear me today. You cannot be deceived. That just being on a spiritual journey would indicate that your soul is saved. For the Bible is very clear. We just read it in, in 1 Peter. On the journey, there must be a definite turning or returning where you turn your soul in desperation to the very God who gave you That soul to the very one who is the satisfaction of the soul in which you have been searching, the one who can forgive your soul of all sin. The prodigal left his father and, in just complete abandonment to anything he'd ever known in terms of an honorable life, he just threw caution to the wind. It was wild and sinful. And he ends up in a spiral of sin in the worst of places. And he says, I have to return. That's what I'm talking about. A definite turning or returning to God. Michael Phelps, the most decorated Olympian, almost wasn't, but in 2014, a life that was strung out. Addiction to alcohol, addiction to drugs. Ray Lewis said, please go to rehab. You're going to die. You got to get help. And he went to rehab. And and Ray Lewis said, take this one book. It's all I'm asking you. And it was the book, Purpose Driven Life. And Michael Phelps, these, these are his words, says, I started reading it and realized my soul was miserable. Michael was abandoned by his father when he was nine years old. And he said, all this achievement. He said, what's weird, he said, I, I have won all of these, these awards trying to get my dad's approval. And he said, I realized that my soul was just broken. But I realized that my father couldn't fix my soul, only God could fix my soul. This is Michael Phelps. And he says, I turned to God. You hear that word? I turned. I, and he even said, I turned my soul to God. And he says, I experienced the forgiveness of God. And for the first time, there's been this security and satisfaction I've never known. When he got to the point in rehab that he could have family day, he invited his father to come. He said, I didn't even think he would come. But Michael says, The forgiveness I received in my soul held such capacity that I could turn and forgive my father. That's profound, think about that. You let the Holy Spirit work in your soul, fix your soul. The power that will fix you holds the capacity for you to then turn to others and let things go. Get rid of the bitterness and the pain. It's how powerful it is. So I'm telling this story in our first service and it comes down to this, is your soul saved? Your soul will last forever. Your body will give way. I won't go into the details, but I'll just tell you the facts. I was with Kelly and Connor and Lindsay and Wes and Tally yesterday about 1.30, and we were in a situation where a man got into physical trouble, and I went over to stand with his wife, and I watched that man die. I watched a body give way. everything they tried, and they worked for 45 minutes. He couldn't revive it. But his soul is still alive today. His body has given way, but the soul lives forever, and the question is, how's your soul? Your soul is going to be somewhere for all eternity either with the Lord or separated from the Lord in the lake of fire. It's called eternal damnation. Is your soul saved? When I asked this question and then gave people an opportunity to say, I need my soul to be saved, sitting right over here to my left, about three quarters of the way back, this man raised his hand. says, I need to be saved. We prayed. After the service, standing right here his head is in my shoulder. He's just weeping. Listen, 84 years old. His name is Bill. Bill says, I've never been to this church. He said, a couple weeks ago, my wife passed away. She was a Christian. I've never been. I'm heartbroken. I'm lost. I'm not living the way I should. He says, I was driving by and decided to pull in and come to church. 84 And he just wept and prayed. And he leaves here today with his soul saved. You're never too young. You're never too old. Doesn't matter what you've done. It just requires authenticity. Be honest. You know if your soul is out of tune, disconnected, miserable, broken, you know is your soul Saved With your eyes closed. You say, Ron, today, I look forward to caring for my soul and watching over my soul. But first and foremost, I realize my soul must be saved. So I want to accept Jesus as my Savior. That's you. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand, just like Bill. And when you do, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And the greatest miracle on this planet will happen in your life. This is about your relationship to God. The fact that you have a soul is what gives you the capacity to know him. And until he is the savior and shepherd of your soul, no matter what you do and how much you do, there will still be an emptiness and a brokenness, a vacancy in your soul. Jesus is the answer, the one you are looking for. It's a very sobering question. Is your soul saved? Have you asked Jesus Christ to be your personal Savior, sacrifice for your sins, and then the shepherd, the Lord and leader of your soul? If you want to make that decision today, then right now, In the name of Jesus, just lift your hand, raise it up and I'll see it. I need you to hold it. Until I see it, I'll recognize it. God bless you over here to my right, thank you. I'm looking across this section. Young man, I see your hand, thank you. Young man, I see your hand, thank you. Center section, two young ladies, I see your hand, thank you. Over to my left. Say, I need Jesus to be the Savior of my soul. Savior of my soul. Now I want you to pray after me. Everybody in the room is going to repeat this just as an encouragement to you. But those of you who raised your hands, you're going to pray this prayer. And then we are going to celebrate with all of heaven the salvation of your soul. So just repeat this after me. Say, Dear Jesus. I open my soul to you, I am desperate for you, please forgive me of my sins, save my soul, and then be the leader of my life. Help me to follow you, help me to build my relationship with you. I realize you're the one I've been looking for, thank you for your mercy to me. Thank you for loving me and coming to me. Lord, I'm lost and I need you. You have come to me that I may be found, that the spiritual death in my soul may be replaced with life. I receive it now. By your grace, I am saved. My soul will be in eternity with you forever. Until then, I will follow you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Now come on, let's give the Lord a praise today. Amen. Let me talk to you for a second. To those of you, raise your hand over here, two in this section, two right down here. I wanna tell you that's the best decision you could ever make. Now let us help you in building that relationship. Everybody, let's do this together. Come on, let's do it. Find a class, join the Wednesday night experience. You know, we will figure this out. If we have more than 400, we will figure it out. We, we, we will figure it out. We gotta do this together. So I need you to go online so that we can plan effectively. Next Sunday, 9 o'clock, come rolling in. Child care for your children. It's the very best. You come in to one of the classes. You heard the demographic of the class. How many of you would signify this by clapping your hands? The classes are just an absolute gift to your life. So these are the people who go to these. And you see it. This will make us a great church. We'll never be a great church just by being what I call sanctuary-centric. We have to go beyond that. And if we will, this experience will go to a whole new level. Amen? We're going to do it together? All right. Stand with me, everybody. I want us to come back. And I want us to sing this. Worship team, come up here and join me. Want well, us coming to that part? Death couldn't hold you. You come into you have no rival. Sing this. Death could not hold you. The veil tore before you. Come on, let's worship Him. You silence. Isn't that awesome? Sing it. The heavens are rolled. Come on church. Let's go to a new place. I love it. You have no rival. You have no equal. Oh, that's it. That's it. Yours is a kingdom. right now because we've addressed like the core of the situation the foundation of life it's your soul and you need prayer you need a breakthrough you need something to happen by the work of God those people have been saved that's the miracle now we're talking about brokenness you know God but you're out of tune just right now if you need prayer for anything I want you to come forward right now we're gonna pray in the name of the one who has no rival. He said, that's me. I'm desperate. I need prayer today. Just any one of you. We'll wait before you and we'll wait on you. You just come. Sing it again. Come as we sing it. Come on, this is going to be a work of God.
2: You have no rival.
1: The Holy Spirit's going to do something. that's standing just to stretch a hand toward these that have come forward this is just a breakthrough for them Lord Jesus your Holy Spirit is so profound and personal in this moment in this atmosphere we just literally feel the weight of your glory and it comes down upon the burden upon the problem and the weight of your glory is greater than what we're up against and so Lord We know that even if we mourn, we're comforted. We know that even if we're broken, we can be healed. We know, God, that even if there's addiction, we can be set free. We know, Lord, that you're not only the deliverer, but, God, you are the healer. If there's sickness, you are able. God, where there's been just a divide within the heart or the home, you can reconcile. Lord God, you can work financially, you can provide a job, you can open that door. Lord God, there's nothing impossible. So we just come before you. You're the shepherd. All of us need to know the next step. And God, we're going to follow you. You're the shepherd. Order the steps. For those that are praying right now about a relationship, show them the next step and lead them. For those that are praying about freedom in their own heart, show them the next step, lead them. For those praying about a job, Lord, show the next step, lead them, lead them. Right now, we're just searching our heart and asking you to know us, to see if there be any wicked way in us. And Lord, to then lead us, lead us. We just submit to you right now. We thank you. We thank you. There are miracles that are happening. Lord, miracles that we sense. Miracles, some that we may not see right now, but they're happening. And we're going to walk into the manifestation of that miracle as we move forward in the steps that you order for us. So we just thank you and praise you. Thank you for meeting us today. We, we know you're with us. We know you will comfort us. We know you will provide for us. Lord, you will make a table before us even in the presence of our enemies. Thank you for your leadership. Thank you for your love. In Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Amen. For those of you that are praying, just encourage one another. Talk to each other. See how we can provide additional help and stand with each other. Church, we're off to the best start. All right, I love you so much, and let's just take this journey together. God bless you, and may you have the best afternoon. You're dismissed.